and welcome in. My name is Joe Hunk, and this is the very first podcast slash video slash whatever else you wanting to call it for We The Fans. So the way that this is going to work is every single Monday, starting at about noon every single day or every single Monday, we're going to sit here and we're going to talk a little bit about the SEC on KCPN. Now, on KCPN, you're probably asking yourself, well, why are we just doing one or just doing the SEC? It's because on KCPN, we're also going to be adding like five or six other streams talking about other conferences that matter in the Kansas City area, as well as uh, around you know the entire SEC, as well as the Big 12 and all that sort of stuff. So we're starting with the SEC and we're going to kind of just grow this thing as, as we go about. Now, feel free, like share, do everything that you you would normally do with every single KCPN podcast. Hi again. Hi. We're doing this all over because here's where I'm doing this from. So I'm doing this show uh, from my studios in, in Alabama. Now, I'm not trying to hide the fact that I'm in Alabama. Obviously, River Region Wrestling, if you look up where the River Region is on River Region Wrestling, then you will know that that we are in the the state of Alabama. So I'm not currently, you know, in uh, Kansas City at the moment. So now as I say that, and the reason why I say that is because this is not my office. This is not my studio. This is none of this stuff. This is actually a production room that I have at the studios that I currently work for. So now the reason I'm saying all that as I'm also working on my phone is because I'm resharing everything that we were just doing and you can hop on and you can make the comments and, and tweet and all that sort of stuff. But that was kind of what I was telling you about myself is that as I'm doing this and as I'm getting this going now for the very first time, all you've really ever known me for from has been wrestling stuff and River Region Wrestling and all that that we do here on KCPN. So we are growing this from just River Region Wrestling now to everything that we do with the SEC, with the fact that we're in college football season. So if you are an SEC fan, you're enjoying talking about the SEC as you are watching and listening wherever you are, make sure that you follow KCPN on every single social media feed, whether it is on Facebook, because the moment we go live, I mean, you see it. That's exactly what you're doing. Also, if you follow us on Twitter, it's KCP Network. Twitch, YouTube, all of those sort of things. So I say all of that because the reason we got interrupted a second ago is because I'm in an office right now and I'm kind of like in a hole, not really in a hole hole like you can't, but right out that door right now, and I don't know if you can hear this through the microphone, we've got some cleaning services that come around on Monday and they clean everything up. And for me, I'm doing this in, in this brand new office room that we've got set up over here. So that's how this is going and going to be happening throughout this. So I appreciate you hopping on. Feel free to comment as we go throughout the day and everything that's going on now. If you are just hopping on, this is We Are The Fans or We The Fans. It is 100% SEC based. Not just SEC football, but SEC basketball, SEC baseball, not to mention SEC players that are playing in the pros, okay? So don't think that just because we're hopping on or you're hopping on and you see something that is SEC based doesn't mean that we're not going to be talking about, say, what happened last night in Orlando and the LA Lakers winning the championship because there are so many players on that team as much as there can be on like a 12 to 15 man roster that are all from the SEC. Obviously the biggest one is Anthony Davis, the unibrow because he played at Kentucky, won the national championship there. Caldwell Pope is another one. Alex Caruso, they got the start over Dwight Howard and him and that he played at Texas A&M. So we're going to be making SEC connections throughout this, throughout the time. So we'll talk about that throughout the show today. Also, what we'll be talking about, of course, in the NFL is the ankle that was this way, went that way. It wasn't really supposed to. Dak Prescott, the former Mississippi State Bulldog, and the fact that, look, I don't know what your feelings are about him. I don't know how you feel, if he's a great quarterback or if he is not, but... The one thing that we all should probably agree on is just 
as far as an influence, a leader, all of that sort of stuff, just how great of a human being he is, and the fact that regardless if you if you think he deserves the franchise tag and the money, if you believe that he shouldn't be paid and playing in the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, then you don't ever want to see him get hurt. Like nobody ever wants to see that. And so to watch that happen yesterday afternoon, to see him get injured, and then Andy Dalton come in and get the the win for the Cowboys, the win was great. And honestly, look, that team, Dallas Cowboys, can still 100% win that division. That division is horrific, okay? If that is the best way that I can say this, it is absolutely horrific, okay? Gat, welcome into the show. We appreciate it. Glad that you're hopping on the one that's actually going well and not the one that's not going well. Uh, We had uh, our internet swapped over and it knocked me off. So that's the reason why you're going to see this twice on your stream. But regardless as to what you think about him, he was having a historic football season, not just for him, but for the Dallas Cowboys and for everything else and and just throughout the NFL in general. And so to see him hurt really just absolutely hurts the NFL as a whole because it wasn't Dak's fault that they were now two and three. That offense has been great. That offense has been amazing between Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak. They have done what it took to win. What they haven't done, play defense. That's it. I say that's it because last year when the Dallas Cowboys were so good, go look at all their stats. Look at how they were in the top five of like every major defensive category because that was what was getting them the wins. We know that defenses are going to win. Obviously, Look at the Chiefs. Do we even have to explain how important defense is? You go back two years ago, and if a defense could have made a stop and not hopped off sides, Chiefs are playing in my in Atlanta against the Rams for the Super Bowl and not the Patriots. Look what happened the very next season. You fire your defensive coordinator. You bring in a new one. Defense gets better. Honey Badger comes in, and boom, that defense helps you win a Super Bowl. It, defense is going to win all of it. That's why when now we are looking at what defenses are and are not doing in the SEC, there's a ton of questions. There's a ton of questions. Okay? Start with Mizzou. Let's go ahead and start there. We're based in Kansas City. We're based in Missouri. You look at that. What an amazing win for Missouri. Absolutely fantastic. You have brought in a coach from from Appalachian State, who has been known to win in the Sun Belt, have historic look. He wasn't the one that had the historic win over Michigan, but he was involved in the program when it happened. And the way that Appalachian State has been a, a dominant football team over the course of the last few years, in all reality, if it was not for where App State is located and the fact that they're kind of landlocked they could have the potential to grow into an FBS Power 5 football team. They're they're in the Sun Belt right now, but the problem with some of these are, and some of these schools, is they're, is they're landlocked. And one of the most beautiful cities in, in, in the state of Tennessee, Nashville's amazing. Memphis is amazing. Just don't go around at night. It's, it's tremendous. But Chattanooga is absolutely gorgeous. It is the most gorgeous city in the state of Tennessee. The problem with it and the reason why like a school like UT chat has never been able to grow because it's landlocked and you can't grow anymore in Chattanooga. There's certain cities that are absolutely like that. And so that is the reason why he had to get out and Drinkowitz had to leave there and go to a program like Missouri who has all the potential in the world of being successful. Your fan base is kind of checked out on everything right now, okay? They just are. And and so the reason why you talk about that and the reason why you say this so many times about Missouri is you're in the SEC. You have a fan base now and a donor program that is starting to actually put money into it. That's the reason why the stadium is starting to get uh, expanded and built up more and it's starting to look more like that SEC thing. You got to get away from the artificial surface. I don't know what it is. The artificial surface is just, it looks horrible on television. But with the with the fan base that Kansas City has, whether it's going towards Kansas or where it's going towards Missouri, we obviously know about the rivalry and the border war between those two. 
those schools, you've seen how successful Kansas is. If Missouri can hop in on that and can start getting players from the state of Texas, and if Drinkowitz can start recruiting from there, that is where your bread and butter is going to be because you get to be in the SEC. With Mizzou being in the West, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because of the argument that they that you can't go into a student's home and go into a senior or junior's home and say, look, man, you come here, you're going to play in the state of Texas because that really may not be the case for like four to eight years depending on when Texas A&M kind of rolls in on your schedule. But with Missouri beating LSU, this is a compliment to what Missouri is starting to grow into and the way that you are starting to see their quarterback play. And Basilek, or however you say his last name, is absolutely going to be the guy from here on out. You saw it at the end of the Bama game. You're starting to see it now. But, but, but hold up. This isn't just about Missouri. And we appreciate everybody watching in. Obviously, we just got the comment in on the KCPN. Uh, Twitter feeds is very true about Memphis. Liberty Bowl was a blast, but kind of nuts at night. No, you do not want to go to Memphis at night, okay? And, I'm, and I'm, it doesn't have anything to do with the city itself. The city is so much fun. Bill Street is so fun. The FedEx Forum that is right downtown now that you can go watch the Grizzly the Grizzlies play. You can watch all of the concerts and all that. I've went and saw ACDC there. I've went to some Grizz games. I've went down on Bill Street. I've seen concerts. It's a blast. But, and I emphasize the but, outside of Bill Street, you don't want to be there, okay? It's not so much like Bourbon in New Orleans. Bourbon Street, everybody's just kind of there to have a good time. There's certain places once you get on to, on to Bourbon, you don't really want to turn left or right on, so you stay right there on the main ones. But if once you get on Canal, you're good, man. Everybody's just having fun. It's totally not that way in Memphis, okay? Obviously, it has great tourist attractions. Graceland. Graceland is this big, okay? It is this big. It has like 90 acres of property, and that's why it's so amazing. But the actual house itself, like this, rooms, or like the room I'm in right now, there's nothing huge about it. Then you get downstairs, you see the jungle room. That's pretty cool. But these landlocked cities are the reason why some of these coaches are having to go to bigger programs. This is where it is going to determine if they are successful or not. Kentucky? Kentucky's another football program in the SEC that it is just now starting to actually do well as far as donor money coming in, starting to believe in the program. I mentioned Anthony Davis to start this. Kentucky for so many years have all been about basketball. You can go back to the 50s, and the reason why Bear Bryant left Kentucky was because of the fact that he wasn't getting the support from the donors the way the basketball program was and, and Adolph was, and Adolph Rupp. That's the reason why they leave there. So he leaves because they just weren't getting the support. These universities, you flip it around and you now see where Mizzou beats LSU. Mizzou beat LSU. LSU, offense is looking great. Miles Brennan, don't even complain about the fact that you threw for four touchdowns, that you threw for almost 400, maybe even more than 400 yards. Don't even worry about that. That is not your fault for losing that. That is the defense. Totally, 100% on what we were talking about to start this. It is all about defense. The reason the Cowboys are losing, no defense. The reason why you're seeing teams in the SEC lose and play bad, defense is horrible. Florida, their defense is horrible. LSU, Bama's defense, we'll get to that in a second. But Bama's defense, horrific. Ole Miss, defense is bad. The reason why those teams are losing is because of no defense. LSU and Ed Ogeron literally said that he had four Jackie Moons on his team. Go watch the press conference. Jack, if you don't know, if you've never seen Semi-Pro, Hilarious movie. It's one of the few Will Ferrell movies that I actually like. There's a point in the movie where Woody Harrelson is trying to trying to teach the Tropics how to actually play basketball and to run an offense. And what happens is Jackie Moon eventually doesn't want to follow the plan. And what does he say? I'm going rogue. Pass me the ball. I'm going rogue. 
And Woody Harrelson's like, do not go rogue, Jackie Moon. You do not go rogue. You get back. You run the ball. You go down low the way you're supposed to. You do not go rogue. Ed Ogeron has literally said this himself in the last 24 hours. He had defensive players. They would call a defensive scheme. And his defensive players would go, nah, not doing that. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go do something else. I'm not going to run your zone. I want to run, man, and I want to keep up with this guy. And look what happens. LSU gets beat. In all reality, they should not have won that football game. It's a great win for Missouri. And that team needed some win like this to get the fan base back interested in it because in a few weeks we're going to start having fans back into the stadiums and then it's going to be you want that money, that donor money coming back in because some of these fans that have not been able to do so. But LSU has a major problem. And I know the quick answer is going to be fire Bo Pelini. There are very few times that that's the right answer. This is one of them. Okay? If you're Alabama and you saw your offense play horribly, no, you do not fire your defensive coordinator. If you're Florida, you do not fire your defensive coordinator. LSU has a locker room problem now because their players do not respect their defensive coordinator. Bo Pelini can go win at Youngstown State. He can go win and it, it, those FCS programs he cannot be successful anymore in the Power Five. You saw it at Nebraska when he was a head coach. You're seeing it now with LSU as a defensive coordinator. It is very bad when you and your head coach is saying, we have players going rogue on defense. That is a major problem because... LSU has now lost two football games. It's not like Alabama where they had this humongous, just horrific defensive play the other night, and they still won the football game. This is LSU. And the simple fact that LSU has now lost two, that all but eliminates them from the national championship in the college football playoff. And LSU is about that. Even though they've only won like three national championships, they are always trying to keep up with the Joneses or Sabins in this case. It's not anything that they can do to help this now. They now have to get their crap together. And we do not know. We don't. We do not know what and how the college football playoff committee is actually going to act when they finally get together in November and start putting together the top 10. The AP top 10 right now is an absolute joke. It's stupid. You, it, there's no reason on earth that you should have Pac-12s or Big Ten teams inside the AP Top 25 because they haven't even played a game yet. And how am I supposed to think that Wisconsin or Oregon is one of the top 15 teams in the country when they haven't even played a down of football and we have some teams that have already played four, five, and six games? Cool. Throw out your preseason polls. They're an absolute joke, whatever it is. But... We do not need these in there at all. And that is what you're seeing with LSU. We have no idea what the college football playoff committee could do. LSU could lose these two games, go on a run, be seven and two, eight and two, and then actually have a legitimate argument as to why they are one of the four best teams in college football. Because this year is going to be so weird. So weird. Don't forget, you can pop in. Throw your comments down. Obviously, we got a ton of people watching on Facebook. Make sure you like, share, let everybody know that you're, you're watching We The Fans here on KCPN. We've got a ton of great programming throughout the course of it. Honestly, we're just kind of rolling with this. This is day one of We The Fans. We're seeing how this does and how this goes at noon. You're on lunch. You're, you're still probably pissed off because your team probably played horribly. That's what you do. So let's just have a fun chat and let's talk together, okay? Your comment's going to pop up. You can see those going through the screen right now. And we appreciate you doing so. Gat's already in. She's already made some comments. We've had some people on KCPN make those comments. You can as well. Let us know what you're thinking on this Monday as we have a ton of football to, to go over because there's some teams that lost this weekend. There's some teams that should have lost. Auburn should have lost. 
They absolutely should have lost. Auburn didn't screw that game up. The referee screwed that game up, okay? There's a big difference in Auburn losing that game and the referees totally making it where Auburn had the opportunity to kick the field goal, okay? If you missed the game, the way that it all played out towards the very end is Auburn misses a chip field goal. The Carlson brother, the younger, Anders Carlson, misses mixes a field goal is about 35 yards. Auburn has, has to make a stop on defense. Arkansas goes three and out. Auburn gets the football back with about two minutes to go in the game. They drive all the way down the field. They want to save one of their timeouts. So what they do is Bo Nix goes to spike the football. Auburn, like a lot of teams now, do not take snaps underneath center very often. They normally take every single snap from the shotgun formation. They practice it in practice, but they don't do it that often except for victory formation, goal line offenses, things like that. Now, what happens is Bo fumbles the snap, then picks it up, spins around, and throws it directly down. Spikes the football, referees throw the flag. So Bo Nix goes over and starts trying to argue, hey, look, that was a spike. I spiked the football. I'm downing it. But and because of the fumble, that was then ruled a pass inside of or inside the tackles, meaning that it was an illegal four pass or whatever. The problem with this is if you watch the game, the referees blew the whistle. That was the problem. If the referees let the play go, it's ruled a fumble like it should have been, and then whoever fell on the football fell on it. An Arkansas player fell on the football. The problem is there was already, the whistle had already been blown, so the play was dead. It's very similar to sometimes in the NFL, the referees blow the whistle too soon. That's why now you will see a lot of football teams and a lot of referees let the play go, and they're totally cool with swapping it. They're like, look, we're going to let this go so we see how it plays out. Then we can go back and we can watch what happened. Boom, we're going to swap this up. This is how the play happens. This is why we got it right. I'm glad we let it go. That's the good thing about this. The problem is when the referees blew the whistle, that ended the play, and the referees couldn't do anything to overturn it. Because honestly... Auburn should have lost. If you're an Auburn fan watching this right now, you should have lost the football game. Okay? Your team should have two losses at this point in time. Don't argue about Georgia. You got your tails kicked. Your offensive line played horrible. Your defensive line let the running back get five and six yards before you even touched him. And then your stupid safety, Smoke Monday, decides that he wants to go and make an idiotic hit at the very beginning of the football game and get eliminated for targeting. That is 100% Smoke Monday, okay? That is what he has done for years. That's the reason why it took him so long to get onto the football field at Auburn because he has a problem tackling because he continues to lead with his head. That's a problem. You can't do that ever. Ask Alabama. As, as their defender battle that did the exact same thing and he got tossed out during the old Miss game. You can't do it. You should have two losses. And today, as we're talking about this, there's a difference between the way fans are acting today because they're like, oh, thank God that we won that football game. We totally, totally should have lost it, but we won. Let's move on, okay? Let's get ready for South Carolina. The other, There's another part of the fan base that if that was happening, this whole time right now would be fire Gus, fire everybody, get rid of this, Chad Morris is horrible, we're done with this football program. That's the way the Auburn fan base has wanted to be for decades, decades. It's always like that. After a loss, you want to fire everybody, okay? Can't blame you because, let's be straight, I mean – Every single fan base today is probably thinking that way. Alabama fans are thinking that way. LSU fans, like we talked about just a second ago, are thinking that way. Florida fans are. The easy answer is fire everybody. You have to let them grow. The problem is Auburn's god-awful when it comes to recruiting at the offensive line. They can recruit skill players. Gus is great at recruiting skill players. 
He is horrific at, at recruiting offensive line. If you wonder about their offensive linemen like Zaire, this guy that came into Auburn and was supposed to be this Juco, uh, this Juco offensive lineman, left tackle. He was supposed to be great. Zaire, coming off a torn ACL, he still isn't healthy. He tore the ACL like, ACL like 9, 10 months ago. He's still not 100% healthy. That's the reason why he's not playing right now the way it is. The other one, Coffee, another Juco guy. Struggle bus. Driving it. Struggle bus. They can't recruit offensive line. That's the difference between Auburn being that second tier of the SEC. You have your Alabama, your Georgia. You have those teams that do the reload. LSU should be there. This year's totally different. And then you have your Auburn's. I say Florida because Florida hasn't been that way in the past. If this was the 90s, yes, Florida would be there. And then you have then you have your bottom feeders. Okay, Kentucky is moving its way up from the bottom feeder all the way to the to that middle tier where they're kind of getting good. Terry Wilson is an amazing quarterback, and he's the reason why Kentucky's actually playing so good right now. But they can't recruit offensive line. And if you're not going to recruit offensive line, you are only going to be good once every four years, which is exactly what Auburn is. 2010. Look at how bad you were in 2011 when like every single player that won you a national championship then went to the NFL. How many years did it take you to become good again? 11, 12, oh, 13. When your freshmen that were there in 2010 are now seniors. What happens after that? 14, 15, 16, oh, 17. When your redshirt freshman and your freshman that came in because you played in the national championship game, they're seniors. 18, 19, this isn't the year. That's what's going to happen, okay? That's Auburn in a nutshell. It's always going to be that way. You're going until they start recruiting the offensive line better. This team isn't going to be good. Kevin Steele can do a ton. They cannot help with the defense or with the offensive line. That is why they struggle. And that's why they struggled against Arkansas. They ran the football fantastically. Tank Bigsby is a monster. Monster. Five star, one of the top running backs in the country. There's a reason for that. You swap it around, Bo Nix has got to be able to get the football to Seth Williams. And why were they why were they even running some plays? I don't know if you noticed this or not. Why why were they playing without gloves? They were playing without gloves. Eventually they put their gloves on, but there were times when the wide receivers were running routes without gloves. Like it doesn't even make sense. Literally, you have been given a, a gift from the technology gods that says. I am going to put something on your hand that is basically like glue. If you've ever if you've ever felt the way that these gloves now feel in college football, it is absolutely ridiculous at how sticky these things are. I'm going to give you this so that everybody that wants to call it an Odell Beckham Jr. catch, you can do that on the rag. You can literally anytime you want grab that ball out of the air and bring it in. You can do that. Why you were not using gloves beyond me. Bo Nix hit, hit Seth Williams in the hands one time. Ball got dropped because he wasn't wearing gloves. Next series, he comes out with gloves on. Don't know why. You've got to have more consistency on offense. Auburn should have lost that football game. Hands down. Hands down. Because if you keep playing like this, and we know this from the chat just a second ago, you're going to go from playing in... The Peach Bowl, playing in Citrus Bowl, Outback Bowl. You're going to Memphis. Nobody wants to go to Memphis. Nobody. Nobody really wants to go to the Music City Bowl again. Nashville's fun. Fun town. You do not want to go there. You'd be happy going to Dallas. That's a great bowl game to go to. Cotton Bowl is a, is a tremendous one. You're cool with that. You do not want to go Shreveport, mainly because 
it's not even like the top 10 cities in, in Louisiana. You don't want to go to Memphis because I can't remember a time where that game was actually like at a good time of year. I don't know why it is, but like the Liberty Bowl is played and it's pouring down rain or it's muggy or it's not muggy. It's cloudy and just depressing looking. I mean, obviously you're playing football in Memphis. It's going to be depressing, but it's depressing and you just it's it's horrible. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go to Shreveport. You don't want to go to the Liberty Bowl. You don't want to go to the Music City Bowl. I don't care how great you think you played against Purdue two years ago in the in the Music City Bowl. You don't want to go there, okay? That's why you've got to play better. Alabama? Alabama, that's not a problem, okay? If you're a Bama fan right now, that you're one of these people that believe that Lane Kiffin was stealing your signs, shut up. He wasn't stealing your signs. You have a defense that is lazy right now. They may not be lazy right now because probably Lane or probably Nick Saban has already ran their tails enough and done enough crap in practice to make them focus. But Saturday night they were lazy. You have leaders in the linebacking core, in the safety group that are not getting the players set up properly. That has nothing to do with the fact that you had a quarterback that was literally shredding you apart. Ole Miss has probably planned for this football game since Lane Kiffin came on campus. That's probably the truth. How many times have you heard that? Auburn, Alabama, there's always that, that game kind of in the beginning that you know that a team has been preparing for it the entire offseason. There's, here's our game plan. Let's throw some of this in so that you're ready for what's going on down, down later on in the season. That is what Ole Miss did. They have their normal practices, their normal things that where they're getting ready for X opponent and this, but then we're just gonna we're just gonna throw this in. All right, go back to 2008 with Alabama. Greg McElroy's even said it plenty of times. We'd have our practices, and then we'd have our practices where we did things just because we knew that we were going to be playing Florida in the SEC championship, and we were already planning for that. We planned for an entire year. Alabama, Texas A&M, 2013, 2014, same thing. Well, 2012, 2013. 2012, after Alabama lost to Texas A&M, Alabama planned for an entire year against Johnny Manziel. This was Ole Miss's Texas A&M game. They planned all offseason to play and beat Alabama like this. I guarantee you Corral knows more about the Alabama defense than he knows about any defense in the country, including the one that Ole Miss is going to go up against this weekend. That is the reason why you saw them play the way they did. They knew everything Alabama was going to do because Lane Kiffin had prepared for it. This has to do more about complimenting Lane Kiffin and the way that he worked, game planning, night in watching film, getting his team ready. This is what they prepared for the entire time. Lane Kiffin is not Mike Leach. Bro, we love Mike Leach. We love Mike Leach. Everybody loves him. I can text the dude right now. Congrats, coach. Matter of fact, I did. When he beat LSU, I sent him a text. Congrats on the wins, coach. He replied back to me at 4 a.m. the next day. Why he was texting at 4 a.m., I have no idea. He was replying at 4 a.m. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Everybody loves Mike Leach. That man will do a does amazing interviews. He's extremely funny during press conferences. He has a very entertaining offense. The problem is, and he may have done this to himself, post-game presser against LSU, he gave the formula away on how to stop him. Go back, watch the last two games that Mississippi State has played and watch how many teams have played zone against him. He literally said it in the press conference. He goes, 
but we just kept waiting and we just kept waiting and we thought that they'd eventually go to man or go to zone and they never did. So they stayed in man and we burn them. So what's everybody else done since then? Went to zone. That's the reason why he only scored two points this week. Lane Kiffin, totally different. That offense has been great every single week from here on out. It may not beat Bama. They may not beat Georgia. They may not beat any of those teams. But this offense is going to piss some people off. It is going to be annoying. It's like Arkansas now. Arkansas, they're just annoying. They're not going to win a lot, but they are annoying. Annoying. Every school has that one game that for some reason, it's just different. I don't know why it's so hard, but it is, and it's annoying. Neither Alabama nor Auburn play well against Mississippi State. They just don't. And it's not just a cowbell thing and being here and being there. Like, neither team plays well against them. Arkansas and, and LSU, it's a rivalry. You get the boot, all this other stuff. But they just LSU sometimes just struggles against Arkansas, even when Arkansas is not a great team. Like, that'll happen. But that's what Arkansas is going to be this year for everybody. They're going to be annoying. They were annoying for Georgia. They obviously won last week against Mississippi State. They got their very first win in conference, and now they're they're annoying for Auburn. They're going to be annoying all year long. That's just kind of that's that's going to be them. They're tough, and if they can get inside the state of Texas and start recruiting, and Sam Pittman's personality can start coming out, Arkansas is eventually going to be good. They're just not now. Now they're hard nosed. Chad, Corey, we appreciate you hopping in, man. Thanks for that. We appreciate it. Make sure that you're following KCPN Network. You see the Twitter feeds right down there. Follow both of those, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those. The moment we go live everywhere, you're going to be able to see it. That's what we're doing here today. Very first episode, We the Fans. Comment. You see the comments that are rolling right over there. Can't really see my finger, but right there. You see the comments. You can hop in on that. Let us know what you think. With Lane Kiffin in Alabama, Guys, y'all just got bet. Y'all just they just got rolled on. Yeah, and and Corey says it. Different team shows every week, every single time with Mississippi State. It's different every single week. It absolutely is. Don't know why that is, but it's the exact same thing. Arkansas, they have a tough team. Felipe Franks was never going to be that guy. He's just not. He's not that guy. There's there's certain players that. They're that middle tier. You keep saying, if they can make that flip, if he can take that next step. People don't realize how hard it is to take that next step. How many times do we ever say that? If this quarterback can take that next step, he could be a franchise quarterback. He could be the best quarterback in this school's history. He can be the next player in the NFL that can lead their team to a Super Bowl. We hear that if they can take the next step. That next step isn't from here to here. That next step is like here, way up there. And only special players can take that step. Felipe Franks, not that guy. Jared jo- or Garrett Gontano, Jared Gontano, not that guy. Tennessee is a good football team. Good running game, has some off- some good receivers, tremendous defensive line. Corey said Ole Miss shows up against Alabama every year. Every single year. They may not win, but they will piss you off. They will frustrate the crap out of you. They may not win. Sometimes they have. You've had Alabama. Ole Miss has beaten Alabama multiple times over the course of the last five years. It has happened. They will annoy the living crap out of you. That's just who they are. But Jared Garantano is not that guy. He's not that guy that's going to take that step. Felipe Franks, not that guy to take that step. Jared Garantano, that man, literally, he will get you better, but he's kind of like the John Parker Wilson. John Parker Wilson was a good quarterback, man. He was good. He just wasn't that guy to go from here to here. He just wasn't. He was a good quarterback that could get you to the next step, 
but that was as far as he was going to get. His his ceiling wasn't that high. Greg McElroy, his season his ceiling was higher. He took him to the national championship. Jerry Garantano can get you so far, but he's not going to get Tennessee to where they want to be. And Jeremy Pruitt has got to recruit a better quarterback for the future, whether it's a JUCO transfer, whether it is it is a freshman that is this is polarizing Deshaun Watson, like come in as a freshman, Trevor Lawrence type player. Let's get him on the field and let's go. Look, that was the exact same thing. What happened to Clemson? You have one quarterback in your system that you're like, this guy is, he's really good. We can be extremely successful with him. And then what happens? You may lose a game that you didn't expect yourself to lose. And then you're like, God, this quarterback sucks. We need somebody else in. That's what happened with Trevor Lawrence. He went from being great, or he was the backup quarterback. LSU or, or Clemson loses a couple of games. They, not, they don't expect to lose. And then what happens? We decide that we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring in a whole new quarterback. The freshman is going to start. And that's the reason why Kelly Bryant had to leave. Kelly Bryant was this quarterback that was good, but he wasn't going to get you here. Trevor Lawrence, he was that guy. And so what he does is Kelly Bryant can get you so far. He got he got Clemson to the college football playoff. They got smoked by Alabama. Don't even watch that game and say that game was close. That game was not close. There are certain football games where the score does not tell you how bad a team actually got beat. Clemson, Alabama, Sugar Bowl, Clemson got killed. Score may not show that. Watch the game. Go on YouTube and rewatch it. That's the reason why he had to make the change to Trevor Lawrence. Tennessee doesn't have that luxury. They have got to ride with Garantano for as long as they possibly can and then just hope that something good comes out of it because they're not going to be that team that's going to take that next step. He's not going to beat Alabama. We obviously know he wasn't able to beat Georgia. Georgia scored 13 points and had negative rushing yards and negative yards in the third quarter. Let me repeat that. Georgia had negative yards in the third quarter and scored 13 points. How does that make sense? How? How does that make sense? At all. That doesn't. Pick six, fumble, that's what's going to do. Jared Garantano's only going to get you to a January bowl, and it's going to take somebody else to get you over there. Look at Kellen Mond. Which Kellen Mond are we going to get? Speaking of Ole Miss, Corey, good bow, bad bow. Which one is it? Good bow, bad bow. Good bow, bad bow. Look, it's bad bow today. We're going to get our tails kicked. Look, it's good bow today. He's a Heisman candidate. Look at when Alabama lost to Ole Miss. Good bow. Look at when Alabama beat Ole Miss. Bad bow. Same thing with Kellen Mond. Saturday against Florida, we got good Kellen Mond. That that two that totally could have been Kellen Mond's 100% Bo Wallace moment. You upset Florida in your place. 25,000 people. It was really 75,000 people. You get all those. And next thing you know, Jed's a millionaire and everybody loves Kellen Mond. And people think Jimbo Fisher may be better and what all, all that is. Not the case. Good Kellen Mond. He's got to put together more. Against Bama, that game wasn't close. The only reason that Texas A&M even tied it at 14 was because Daniel Wright decided that he just wanted to... That's all he did to the running back. He didn't really tackle him. He didn't do anything. Running back's coming. Spiller, running. Oh, crap. I missed the tackle. Because he wants to be, he wants to be the hero in every single play. And that's not, Daniel, and that's not what Alabama wants. Daniel Wright should have shoved him as hard as he possibly could and made him fly across the field and through through the, the players that are standing on the sidelines and up against the bench. That's what Daniel Wright should have done. Instead, oh crap, I missed the tackle. Then Mac Jones gets popped 
Ball goes fluttering in the air, short position for Texas A&M. That's how they tie it. I want to see more from Kellen Mond, okay? Look, Florida can lose one football game and still make it to the college football playoff. Florida can lose one football game, still make it to New Year's Six, still make it to a national championship game. Texas A&M was supposed to be the fly in the SEC West ointment, and it has not done so yet. It got embarrassed in Tuscaloosa. You have that game, and now you have more that are coming up that are going to be extremely important. I don't care what you do against Vanderbilt when you barely beat them 17-12 to in a god-awful football game. You got smoked by Bama. Now you get Mississippi State, which, good leech, bad leech, good leech, bad leech, zone defense, man defense. What is Jimbo Fisher going to do? Don't know. You should beat Mississippi State. Don't know about Arkansas because Sam Pittman's that annoying fly, like on, on Vice President Pence's head. You just you can't get rid of it. Should beat South Carolina. Can you beat Tennessee? Can you beat Ole Miss? Can you beat LSU? Can you beat Auburn? That's the rest of your season. There's a lot of can use in this. That's all I'm saying. This has actually went way longer than what I thought it was going to. I actually texted Gat when this first started. I said, I have no clue how long this is going to go. I'm either going to, this is either going to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or we're just going to go for an hour. And I appreciate everybody that has watched it because this SEC football season is just now getting going. And look at the games that we have coming up on Saturday that are going to be so much fun. So much fun. Look, I don't care what you're doing. And I'm saying this for a purpose, and I'll explain in just a second. I do not care what you are doing. The fact that you are getting LSU Florida, you are getting Alabama and Georgia, and you're also getting possibly a great game in Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Those are just the SEC games. I don't know about you. Don't really care that much about the Pac-12 or the Big Ten not playing. College football right now is pretty fun without them. Like, you guys and y'all's little huddle of thinking y'all were amazing really has kind of backfired on you. And majority of college football has kind of moved on. And we really don't care what you do. But at the same time... SEC is kind of where it's at, and I'm not saying that from a from a standpoint of being conceited in the fact that We the Fans is an SEC podcast. What I'm saying, Miami and Clemson was supposed to be a great game. Derek King was supposed to be able to come out and do something against Clemson in their zone defense, and he didn't. And Clemson dominated that football game. Miami's their best is literally Miami is their competition. In that conference this year, Clemson boat raced them. Texas, Oklahoma, they can't figure out if they're good or not. Texas wants to win a game. Texas is back. Oh, look at this. We're now going to go into the Cotton Bowl and we're going to lose. And and you can't do that. Four overtimes, five overtimes, whatever it is. And you're right. And Corey, you're right. Every week you have to bring your air game. It just may get beat up in. in down, down the down the board. That's the thing about the SEC, and that's the reason why we don't know, okay? We don't know about the college football playoff. We have no idea. You want to penalize an, an SEC team for losing one game, they're now playing two more conference games than what they ever do. It's a lot harder to play two more SEC games than it is to play two more Big Ten games or two more uh, Pac-12 games or Big 12 games or whatever it is. We've literally, everybody now is playing conference games, and we have to because of this pandemic, which absolutely sucks. I'm sick and tired of it. We need to get it all back to stadiums. Florida, please be the first one. I know that Dan Mullen says he wants 90,000 fans inside the swamp. Let's go ahead and do that this week against LSU, okay? I'm all about this. Let's get the fans back in. Let's have some more fun. Tonight in the in the NLCS, you're going to have 11, maybe 12,000 fans inside of Globe Life Stadium or Globe Life Park, let's watch it. If you're a Braves fan, you've got four and five SEC players on that baseball team for you to watch. ALCS, Mike Zanino, he's a Florida guy. In LCS, obviously, you've got Kyle Wright and Dan Zby Swanson. Both of those are, are Vanderbilt players. 
Like you can go up and down the Braves roster and you can look at these players and where they're from and where they played. And you've got a ton of them. Grant Dayton played for Auburn. Darren O'Neill or Darren O'Day. He played for Florida. AJ Mentor was a Texas A&M guy. Like you've got a ton of SEC players playing in the NLCS and that's just on the Braves side. Mike Zanino, guy's legit. He's one of those guys, those underrated guys nobody talks about, but he's really, really good. Watch that tonight. We will be back next Monday. Another We the Fans to recap everything that took place. By the way, when I say you've got to watch and you've got to pay attention to everything that is happening this weekend, no matter what you're doing, my son's birthday party, my son's two-year-old birthday party is on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Three o'clock. Alabama, Georgia kicks at 2.30. I'm going to be a great dad and I'm going to play with my son and we're going to have this great party. Don't think there's not going to be TVs everywhere so that we can make sure we're watching Bama, Georgia. All right. Peace out. I will talk to you next Monday at noon. Thank you so much for joining in on the brand new podcast that we started here on KCPN. We will talk to you next Monday. See you later. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.